Hey guys, welcome to Savannah Sessions, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. My name is Darlington and I'm your host. Uh, today I'm joined by Tracy Mapfumo, all the way from Harare, Zimbabwe. Uh, Tracy is the founder and CEO of Any Street, a food business based in Harare. And she's just going to be talking about her business, how she started a business and how she has been doing during COVID. And um, she's just going to get into the nitty gritties of her business and uh, share her business experience with us. Tracy, thank you so much for coming through. Oh, thank you, Darlington. Um, it's such an honor to be part of Savannah Sessions. Um, so I'm the founder, like yes. you said, and the CEO for Any Streets. Uh, most people say, why not Tracy Streets? Uh, it's because I decided to honor my late mom. Her name was Amy. So she's the person who embraced my gifts, my skills, and my uh, talents and everything. So Any Street specializes in seed-based products, mostly snacks. So it's a range of uh, energy bars or seed bars, seed bowls, trail mix, seed butter, and most of the ingredients that we use are locally sourced from uh, small-scale farmers here in Zimbabwe. And we target the upmarket urban health-conscious consumers, including the diet enthusiasts, the um, fitness enthusiasts, and people with allergies as well, because all our products are gluten-free. They're not free. They're dairy-free. Yeah. So that's about the business. Yes, um, I, I I like the concept of uh, a healthy brand, a, mm-hmm. a brand that is pushing towards you know encouraging people to eat healthy. Um, yes. Probably my first question will be, you know, you've you've talked about any streets, you've talked about the business. Now we want to know who Tracy is. Yes. Um, tell okay. us, tell us all about yourself, sis. <laughs> all right, uh, Tracy is a um, food innovator. I enjoy experimenting with food. Okay. Uh, that, that is really fulfilling to me. And I'm a passion-driven entrepreneur. Passion is what drives me. Yes. I'm also a, a crop scientist. I studied agriculture, crop science at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in South Africa. So, and then I had an, an opportunity to work for a local research organization called Bioinnovation Zimbabwe for three years. Yeah, and so that's basically about Tracy. She's quite down to earth and very cheerful as well. And um, just give us a glimpse of your background, where you were born, where you were raised, school you went mm-hmm. to, and about uh, just basically your school experience up until now okay so i was born and bred in machine and central and so i i grew up in a small town uh, i would call it a town but it's smaller than that it's called glendale just um, 70 k's from Harare, and it's a place that's surrounded by farms so that's where i i grew up and that's where i did my uh, primary level. And then for my high school, I went to Langham Girls High from Form 1 to 4. And then for my A-levels, I went to um, 
uh, also was mission in Mutoko. And after that, that's when I, I went to South Africa in 2011 at the University of KwaZulu-Natal and I graduated in 2015. Yes, and then I came back home. Okay. And, and, so and that's, that's my academic journey, academic yeah. Journey. Okay. And you said that you grew up in a farming town. Uh, tell us about how your environment impacted your, your, probably your life goals and your career choice as well. How did that play a part? Okay, so I would say my vision was birthed very early when I was um, nine. In primary wow. school, I was part of this horticulture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was part of a horticulture program or yes. pro- project to say. And I remember I was the treasurer. <laughs> Imagine it's nine. Wow. Uh, we, we would grow vegetables and sell them. It was more like a business. So that's when I discovered my passion at that young age. And having uh, been surrounded by farms and farmers, it was so easy for me to connect. So mm. I didn't see the first center pivot when I was 16, but when I was very young. Yeah. So that was quite an exposure for me. And it's sort of paved the way for my career path. And then having worked with different kinds of farmers when I joined by Innovation Zimbabwe, uh, I had another like perception of farming as well, because I traveled to different parts of Zimbabwe, very dry areas where farmers cannot grow maize, but they can grow drought-resistant crops like sesame seed, which I'm now using. And I realized they're always looking out for opportunities or income-generating activities. Uh, so that that really um, gave me a... Uh, I would say a push to just think of something that's outside the box. Yeah. And I mean, talking about the farming industry in Zimbabwe, um, we haven't really gone through the agriculture revolution as per se. I don't know if these are facts, but I don't think we've gone through agriculture mm-hmm. revolution. And then you coming in with, you know, <laughs> innovation and farming, wasn't that in <laughs> foreign language to the, Local environments. So, yes. What What was that like? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I would agree with you when you say we haven't gone through the. To some extent, we haven't. But mm-hmm. uh, when you look at um, what's the value of what we have, the resources mm-hmm. that we have. It's it's incredible when you think of it from an innovation point of view. Mm-hmm. Innovation, which they call creativity meeting the market. So when creativity meets the market, that's when you have innovation. It's not only creativity. So uh, they, there's so many, um, I would say there's a demand for certain projects that we can produce here in Zimbabwe. But we we sort of end at, the, at a certain level in the value chain when we just produce what we produce and we think, okay, we can, we can sell this as it is. Yet there's so much value in it when we just become a little bit more innovative and make the best out of what we can get from our soil. Okay. Yeah. And, and moving, moving on to 
you then starting your business. Tell us about um, how any streets started and you then phasing from the nine to five and then getting into that. Just, just give us a a glimpse of that journey. Okay. Um, Like I said, I'm a food innovator. I enjoy playing around with food. Even when you ask me to cook a meal, I'm always thinking of something different, something Mm -hmm. unique. Mm -hmm. So I would, when I was still working, I would just spend my weekends trying out recipes, trying out sort of product development with indigenous food and all that, underutilized food. So the first batch of my, uh, say, bars, I made it and took it to work and gave some of my colleagues so I, in my head, I was thinking I'm just giving them a snack, which I was making during the weekend. Mm-hmm. But then they then said, um, how much is this? And then I was like, okay, I can actually sell this. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so again, some of my colleagues were allergic to nuts, gluten intolerant. So they were like, oh, what is in there? I can't have this. I can't have that. And then I thought, okay. So this thing exists and it is actually an issue when someone cannot have anything offered to them because they have a certain condition. So I started thinking around and tweaking certain recipes and trying to accommodate different kinds of people with different conditions who want to be health conscious and want to eat natural food locally uh, grown. So that's when I started making a range of gluten and nut-free energy bars and everything. So that's how my journey started. And I started attending food fairs with just a minimum viable product just to get feedback from lots of consumers. And the feedback was so positive that I I had to increase my range and increase my production. I was still working from home back then. But up to date, the business has grown. I've actually employed some people and no longer working from home. It's a big step. That's a big step. And, and you yeah. were participating in the, in the food fairs with, with your minimum viable product. Tell us the importance of having an MVP before, you know, like once you have an idea and then using your MVP and taking mm-hmm. that to the market. Why is that important? Okay, it, is, it will save you a lot of um, stress, a lot of uh, probably resources that could go to waste and time as well. Mm-hmm. So when you have a minimum viable product, you're just sort of testing the market. You want to get as much um, feedback as possible and that will uh, feed into your ultimate decision on probably your branding or your final product it could be a formula or recipe or whatever it is so that will save you a lot of time a lot of resources a lot of stress a lot of energy that's what i would say it's very crucial i like that and and to anyone listening to this um when you have an idea the best thing you can do is to set up something that addresses the need and focus on function rather than form and the most important thing that you're trying to do here is to get user feedback, to get feedback from the market so that you make a product that people mm. actually buy. So I think that's a very, very crucial point there. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, so the nature of your product, right? Uh, these are seed bars. 
um yeah the the the, the kind of uh environment that uh, your company has been set up in is a developing country a third world country uh, a country with uh, a low human development index a country with um you know yeah. um just low standards of living right so you have a product yes. that would probably uh fit more in a first world developing country because people are more health conscious in those kind of countries so what was that like you know yes. because, i mean to simply put it this is a fancy product right this is it's 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 something in shona do says echirungu it's not something that you know any person would just consume on a daily basis so what was that like bringing in a product yes. in a niche market or something that a small percentage of people consume okay uh it was quite discouraging but then i i because of my experience of having worked with different people and being exposed and sort of doing consumer awareness with traditional foods and trying to incorporate them into modern diets i had um i had an advantage that i already knew whom, whom i'm targeting like okay. the certain segment of the market i'm targeting so sometimes i would say you know what at this particular time i'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to be talking about my my project mm-hmm. because these are not the people I'm not targeting. Okay. So even if okay. some if I get feedback from from someone and they say ah this is bad food yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. for bad it's not for human <laughs> beings I wouldn't be offended. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be offended yeah. because I know you know what this is not the person I'm targeting. So mm. I I was just at an advantage that I already knew <laughs> where to find these people and who they are so I wouldn't be offended or discouraged. So okay. it's a matter of just knowing your target your target market from the word go and where you can find them and how to reach them. Okay. And what has been your um distribution channel have you been able to reach the people that are within your market? Okay, like I said, food fairs, they helped a lot. So that's another channel. And then um, gyms, because I talked of uh, fitness enthusiasts. Yes. Or even, yeah, or even like coffee shops. Yes, yes. Where people are looking for something to nibble on. Yeah. And also like the fitness programs, like you've got a women fitness group or... or even the beauty spa so mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. all sorts mm-hmm. of things yes so and again upmarket shops yes yes where they're selling um whole grain bread or uh where they're selling uh, all sorts of healthy things or even vegetables as well yes yes and then yeah and then pharmacies mm-hmm. got pharmacies on the list so yeah that has been and we're still trying to um reach out to tourists as well okay yeah, so yeah that has been the channel and i would like to just probably touch on the difficulties you faced um you know, to be specific what was it like uh to start the business as a black woman who is mm-hmm. african who is in zimbabwe yeah. uh during yes. a crisis like this um you know mm. i mean we've been in economic crisis for the longest of time how yeah. how was that for you 
Oh, it is uh, quite something else. Yes. I think I attempted to quit so many times, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I kept I kept on going. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I told you, I was this girl who grew up in a very small town, mm-hmm. and I, I never saw anyone uh, do what I am doing now. Yeah. So, and um, again, like you said, being a, a black African young woman people might not take you seriously like what yeah. are, what are you up to what yeah. what is it that yeah. you're doing again the project most of the people want to exactly. understand like what is it for <laughs> yeah. what is yeah. that for yeah. does yeah. it does it heal me what is it if yeah. you stay yeah. healthy is it gonna cure this and that wow. so it was quite a tough stage i had to overcome that like i had to have self-confidence and self-motivation mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. even if no one is cheering. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going yeah. on. That's why I'm, I keep on saying I'm a passion-driven entrepreneur. So impacting lives is what fulfills me again. So just meeting someone who's got uh, like celiac, celiac disease, they can't eat gluten. Like they will be in hospital when they eat uh, wheat bread yeah. or something that is or a snack made with wheat or something with gluten. So even to meet someone like that and they say, you know what, I'm always looking for gluten-free stuff and this is quite tasty and this is what. Yeah, so yeah. that would um, motivate me Like, you know what, it doesn't matter the way I am right now, but as long as I can impact people, then this can change my status. This can, people can actually be brand ambassadors without yeah, yeah. being paid. <laughs> exactly. So this is what is happening now. So that's, that's uh, encouraged me. And again, I would say, you know, just having a, your a vision and then you say, I'm going to reach there. I'm, I can do this no matter what, because the, the odds will be against you most of the times. Yeah. If you are, young you're a woman you're black and you are in a place an environment where there's an economic crisis like you said so you've got one challenge after the other every single day you've got this not working this not working Mm -hmm. but you just have to have that self-confidence and self-motivation that i have to keep going and how how did you sort of learn the technicalities of business because you are coming in as a subject matter expert on the whole thing of mm-hmm. science and everything. So there's probably a bit of information asymmetry as far as business is concerned. So, I mean, you don't really need to go to business school to start a business, but mm-hmm. there are certain fundamentals that you need. How did you exactly. learn those fundamentals as a scientist? What was that like bridging that gap that exists between the two? Okay. Um, Oh yeah. So at first it was quite scary. Like, okay, I want to uh, run a business and <laughs> I am clueless about yeah. everything that is to do with business. I can, pro- I can do the product development, but when it comes to the nitty gritty, yeah. so I decided to just have that, or well, I would say I'm a person who's always keen to learn. Mm. Um, even when I joined the organization I worked for, I, I started as a volunteer because I wanted to learn. So I believe uh, the future belongs to the learning and not the learned. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so that's my drive every time I want to learn. So I, I started um, applying for any program that would train young entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. So I was fortunate enough to, be, um, to get such opportunities 
and I participated in a program called Femme BioBees. Mm -hmm. It's an accelerated program for women, for females in bioscience-based businesses. So they they had that in mind, like you're a bioscientist and you want to, um, to venture into business. You've developed a project, but you want to venture into business. So they trained us on all sorts of things that we needed to know, like the basics from the basics. So it was quite an intensive program. We did actually three phases. So I made it to the final phase, but I didn't make it to the top five, but you know what? I learned a lot. Yes. And I also participated in Youth Connect um, Zimbabwe, which was run by UNDP. Again, it was a learning opportunity. I remember now because I had participated in the previous program, I even knew how to pitch my business in 30 seconds to do an elevator pitch, to do a five minute pitch. So that was actually improving my skills, even on how I was doing my business. And from the Youth Connect program, I, I was the first run up for my central and I got a free membership at Impact Hub, which is a hub that we, that has lots of opportunities. And my network grew from that. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. other opportunities from that. I met people who could help me in all sorts of things, all sorts of ways. And then by the end of 2019, I participated in CBZ, YEP, uh, Youth Entrepreneurs Program again. And by this time, my skills were way much better than the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I managed to be the, the startup business winner for 2019. Wow. Yeah, so that. considering that yeah, this person was just mm. a scientist who was clueless about business, but that's, that's where this took me to. So I would say it's very important to grab every opportunity that comes along. Even if you're not getting the let's say a word or something, but there's always something to learn to make Absolutely. a difference. Yeah. And of all the skills that you've learned, what has been probably the most important skill that has defined a lot of your success and, you know, that has really helped you to achieve a lot of milestones? Yes. I would say just being diligent with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're when you're in business, every every single dollar counts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can't just be saying, "Yeah, I make bars and I sold a lot," and then you don't even know like what are you making out of it. Mm-hmm. So I've been I've learned to be so diligent about every single thing. Like, what well, even if I'm giving you samples, if I say, "Okay, Darlington, I want you to try my seed bars." I have to to know how, what I've given to you so that when, when one day you say, you know what, we are, we're ordering this and that because we had your samples, I know I know what it means. So I've just learned to be diligent and to just make sure everything is on paper, everything you do is on paper. Because I remember when I pitched for the CBZ here program, I had... Um, with the help of someone whom I met again through all these programs, yes. I had everything recorded like a graph showing you how much of the seed bars I've made and I've sold since I started, since the first day I started. Mm-hmm. So if you're not diligent enough, you can't pull out all that because you, that's whatever you're recording might help you in the future. So I'd say diligence is what I've just mastered. And 
what was the support like from your family and friends? Uh, it's really um, overwhelming, but it didn't start like that. <laughs> I would just be honest. Yeah, like I yeah. told you, when I, when I started, it was just questionable. Like, what is it about? Yeah. And even when I, um, when I left the job and when I was no longer formally employed, just being self-employed, people, my relatives yeah. and my, my cousins, my siblings, they were like, really? Are you sure? But um, with what I've achieved up to date, I would say every single family member of mine, they support me. Yeah. They, yeah. they supported me even when I was, when I was working from home. I was, it was just a one man spend doing yeah, anything yeah, and everything yeah. myself, but they could, they could help me. Um, they could help me deliver the stuff. They could help me pack. They could yeah. help me do all sorts of things. And even I have a specific cousin of mine who even um, encouraged me to start the business because I could not see the potential in me. Yeah. And she, she was just confident enough to tell me that you can do this, you can start this. Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful to have um, family and friends who are always supportive. Even when I, when I said I wanted to quit so many times, I would tell my family that, you know what, I'm selling the business. And they're like, what, <laughs> what is that? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say they're very supportive, yeah. And then moving on to this period in time that we're in, um, what has it been like navigating a business through the whole pandemic situation during a global pandemic? Um, what impact has it had on your business, on your sales, uh, on your day-to-day runnings? What has that been like? Okay, on the day-to-day runnings, it has been tough because it's changed a lot of things the logistics of mm-hmm. getting supplies, like I mentioned, some of the ingredients that we use are sourced from local farmers, local producers. So getting sesame seed, which is the major ingredient from the farmer who's in Zarabani, like the low valleys of Zimbabwe, it has been quite tough. Like how they have the produce for you and you want it, but how to get it in place, it, we don't have the capacity to be going there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that it was, it was, yeah, it was quite tough. And sometimes some of the other suppliers would say, okay, we're closed and all sorts of things. So yeah. that has been difficult. But on the sales side of things, we've actually had um, an increase in ourselves, like all the demand is increasing by the day. We actually cannot um, meet the demand because we are only supplying uh, our customers who are in Harare, mm-hmm. but we've got, we've got, we always get um, uh, people from Blawayo, Vic Falls, saying, "Want to try a product? Want to try a product?" So again, in this um, in this crisis, it's so difficult to say, "Okay, how do we get them to them? How do we get the products to them? Do we have enough? If we are to increase our, our uh, capacity what we need but in terms of the demand it has actually been um uh, overwhelming overwhelming that you know what we actually have a market for these things so that that has been the experience 
And how how effective is uh, probably social media marketing in in the Zimbabwean environment with your business or digital marketing? Uh, in rather? my thing, mm-hmm. it is it is very important and crucial because um, just uh, today we're celebrating that we've we now have one thousand followers on Instagram, and and you know. From all the 1,000 um, followers, you've got some ordering. You're saying, okay, can I have this? When you come to the food fair, and they, they get to know about your product. They get to know that this exists, and they get to know uh, the benefits of what you're bringing to the market. So I'd say it's very crucial in this uh, era that we are living in. Yes. You cannot go without digital marketing. So it's it's really a crucial thing. If you... If you would say you can exist without it, uh, I would just want to know about what you do. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but it's very—it's a very crucial thing. And you know, sometimes when people give us a call, they think we've got this huge factory. Okay, we we do we do <laughs> we can't call ourselves small. <laughs> yeah, so it's it gives the impression that you really mean business when yeah, you're saying. Yeah. We can deliver this. We do this. We, mm-hmm. It's it really shows that you want to reach out to everyone. Even some people are not in Zimbabwe. They now know the products that they say. You know what? When are we gonna get them? Yeah, and wow. so it will actually open avenues that you know what there's a potential for exporting these. So I would say this can uh, digital marketing can take you far, and it is very crucial in this day and age. And probably, you know, there's someone listening to this right now or there's someone out there who has an idea, who wants to start a business or who's just probably hopeless about the situation in Zim. And, you know, they're telling themselves that in order for me to achieve my dreams or get somewhere in life, I need to either have political connections or I need to know someone in a high place or there's something dodgy that I need to do to start my business, you know? People <laughs> yeah. think now that you have to do something that is unscrupulous mm-hmm. to probably be successful. What is what is your message to them? Because you have started, you know, from where you are mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, you managed to get to where you are by just sheer hard work and, and determination mm-hmm. and just yes. applying the right skills. What would you say to mm-hmm. someone with that kind of mentality? Because I think it's a mentality that a lot of us youth have. Yeah. Um, we mm-hmm. think that probably everyone who is where they are today, you know, it's either they know someone or they've done something or it's impossible mm-hmm. for you to go from rags to riches. To, yeah. So what's, what's your yes. take on that? Okay. Um, I'll just start by what you say, what you say that it's a mindset. So you, you've got to change the thinking. And what how you change the thinking is not just sitting there and saying, yeah, I'm going to be positive, but what you're going to feed your mind will then um, make it, will help you make a decision, even what you think and what you're doing on a daily basis. So feed your mindset, feed your mind with something that is positive. I believe in reading or listening to things that will motivate me or even just the people you follow on your social media pages, mm-hmm. the books that you read. I've read um, 
Think Big by Dr. Ben Carson. Yes. And yes, yes. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This can, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. So the more you you feed your mind with these, um, with something that's positive, you 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 begin to see things differently. Like your perception changes, no matter what is surrounding you. And again, when you mentioned determination, you just need to have the self-determination, the motivation to say, okay, this is where I want to go. And I'm going to get there, no matter the challenges, no matter what, I'm going to get there. It doesn't mean that you have to be advantaged at a certain, or to a certain extent. Because if I'm to tell you my story, you will say, oh, really? Because yeah, yeah. I just after... I I finished my degree in South Africa, or well, not not just after, just before. That's when I lost my mom, and I lost my dad when I was very young. I've got two younger siblings, and it was very difficult for me to even think that something good would come out of this. But look at it now. So I I was constantly constant. Oh, I I actually constantly read uh, or feed my mind with something positive. So it's all about your mindset at the beginning and just your actions. It will feed your, like whatever that you're thinking of, you, you start, it will actually um, help you make a decision on what you're going to do the next day. So if you say um, what I've done today, does it contribute to my uh, like final vision or final goal at the end of the year or so? Like, so every action that you take, you're not going to spend time doing something that is the opposite of what you want to be. Yes. So that's what I would say. Yeah, you have to be motivated to mm. just say, you know what, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I have, I have friends who always tell me like, oh yeah, zim this, zim that. <laughs> but sometimes they think I sound patriotic <laughs> or something. But um I just believe something good can come out of it. Something yes, good. Yes. Because recently I, I was I was reading Overcoming Crisis by uh, Dr. Miles Munro. Yeah. And he was talking like what we what we are experiencing now. You know when I, when I was reading the book I was like it it seems as if he wrote it during this pandemic yes, but it was yes. written years ago. Yeah, that in the crisis that's when you you see opportunities, you discover opportunities. So it's not always um, in a bad space where things are going to be bad. Something good mm. can come out of that. You can actually say, you know what, I found that this during that uh, uh, difficult time because there was need for this, need for that. I had to offer a solution. So that's what I would say. And again, I'll say um, personally, I'm a, a, a Christian, a strong Christian, and I believe you need strength that's beyond your own strength mm. <laughs> to keep going in difficult times like these. It's pretty interesting, and 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 yeah. speaking of that, uh, what I got from that, what you just told me is that your basically your vision dictates your lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. where, where you're going is really shaped by your day to day actions or your day to day efforts. Excellent. So what's what's yes. what's what's your daily um, activities like? What what do you do on a daily basis? What's what what is your your program or your routine like okay. your schedule yeah okay um okay i'll be honest <laughs> like i told you i'm <laughs> thank a, you <laughs> yeah i'll be honest i don't want to say i wake up and jog okay. every morning <laughs> okay um yeah i believe in just being fit so mm. 
I try and make yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that put that in my routine as well, like yeah. take care of myself yeah. and yeah, just eating healthy, like um, like practice what I'm preaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I've got um, I believe in in genres, like uh, you know yeah. when I I've got a genre from 2015. I remember going through it during the the like the first phase of the lockdown, and I had written that I want to be a scientist and a businesswoman. That was in wow. 2015, and then I'm looking at myself. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've made yeah, that. Yeah. So I believe in 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 genres. So every morning, almost every morning, um, after my prayer, my morning prayer, I I write stuff in my journals like in my journal like i'm i want to achieve this oh today i want to do this and that and by the end of the day again like okay i've done this i've managed to do this okay yeah, this yeah. so when i go through that it's so motivating even when i feel like giving up i'm like motivated you know what yeah. i i made it through this difficult time i did this and that and this happened this way so that's that's my routine and i'm that person who's i would say a go-getter yeah. When I say I want to be supplying this and that by this mm-hmm. time, I'll try my best every single day to say, okay, do I do I need to send an email to this one? Do I need yeah, to give them yeah, a call? Yeah. What can I do? Uh, what can I do just to um, achieve what I want to achieve? Yeah, I know it, it's difficult because at the beginning of the year you say I want to do this. By the end of the year, yeah. I should be doing that. So sometimes you don't have to feel demotivated when it doesn't happen. But um, just the, the effort you've made, you, you just never know it's going to take you to. Exactly. So that's my, yeah, that's my routine. Um, sometimes I work extra hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what, we have to do this. So it doesn't matter what time I'm leaving my office or yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter how tired I feel. I might get a day to rest. But as long as I've achieved what I want to achieve, yeah. So that's my my routine. Hmm, that's that's pretty interesting. And probably to round up, um, what is one piece of advice that you think every young African entrepreneur should hear? It may be probably something someone else has told you, or something you have probably realized. What is that one piece of advice you think everyone should hear? Um. Okay, we, I would say we have the ability to turn vision into reality. Yeah. Uh, we have to keep dreaming. So uh, if I tell you that I want, one day I'll be a billionaire with a capital B, you might be hey. like, seriously? <laughs> capital B. <laughs> That's the, the capital B. You're like, really? How? Uh, From yeah. the bars or what? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would just tell everyone that have that dream, have that dream or have that vision and translate it into reality. So again, it goes back to every single activity, your lifestyle, it has to be uh, going towards that vision or towards that dream. So if you don't have it, then you, you're going to be doing anything and everything at any time. And yeah. Uh, if you, yeah, if you value yourself, like you've got a certain value attached to you, or you want to have a certain value attached to you, then you can't just be doing anything and everything at any time. 
You have to set goals for yourself. You have to have dreams. You have to have a vision. And if you work towards that, you'll get there, no matter how impossible it looks like today. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You heard it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Tracy Mapumo, the founder and CEO of Any Streets, um, unpacking her journey for us and giving us these nuggets of wisdom. Um, I surely hope that you have learned something. And if you would like to probably uh, ask a question or contribute on something, please do uh, and uh, uh, tag us in on your Instagrams, follow Savannah Sessions and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Tracy, thank you so much for this interview. I believe this was of much thank value you very to our much. listeners. Great. Thanks a lot. It was such an honor. Cheers.